As we are entering into the final few months or weeks of the year, if you're listening to this in real time, it's a good time to revisit your financial goals. And if you don't have any financial goals, now is a good time to think about what you want your goals to be. In today's episode, I'm going to cover some ideas about financial goals you can kind of pull from. We'll cover how to set and maintain those goals and how to stay on track when those hiccups inevitably arise. Stay tuned. Welcome to Mind Money Balance, the no guilt, no shame podcast to help you get your mind and money in balance. I'm your host, Lindsay. I'm a financial therapist and coach, woman of color, and popcorn connoisseur. I am so glad you're here. Let's go. like I mentioned at the top of this episode, a time of year where a lot of our goals tend to kind of go out the window. This is the time of year where a lot of us tend to get more breaks at work or more time off at work, or if we're self-employed, we're giving ourselves some time off. It's also the time of year where gifting is more common, whether that's bringing something over to a neighbor's home or sending something to a nephew across the country. And this is where it's so imperative to make sure that you have some sort of financial goal. So when these high spend, low earning months come up, you'll be okay. So what I'm going to talk to you all about today is financial goal setting and why it's so important. So many people struggle with their money because they don't have a plan for it. And when I say that, a lot of people are automatically thinking, oh, she's going to talk about a budget. And I am and I'm not (laughs) because a budget is a type of financial goal. But I think of a budget or as you know, I like to call it a spending plan is more of maintenance. This is more habitual. This is something that you routinely do with your money so that you can move toward different financial goals. So as you get ready to set your annual goals for the year, I want you to think about what specifically you want to work toward for the upcoming year. And you can literally do a brain dump of all the things that might be related to your money that you want to work on. So let me list out some common themes or types of financial goals. And obviously these themes are not goals in and of themselves, in and of themselves, because as you listen, you'll hear a little bit about what makes a goal a goal and not just like a a wish or an affirmation or a manifestation or whatever. So let me cover some common types of areas in which I see people set financial goals. So financial literacy is a great area to focus on building your skills in the realm of financial literacy is getting more comfortable with the terms going on with your money, getting more comfortable with the ins and outs of your money, expanding your knowledge and capacity beyond your current comfort zone with money. Another one is setting and maintaining a spending plan or a budget. So a lot of people are really good at setting up budgets, but they're not so good at maintaining them. So maintaining a budget is a great area to focus on. Another area that is really common is spending less than you earn. So making sure that you have a little cushion or a little bit of money left over each month so you're not living paycheck to paycheck. 
Another area is debt pay down. This could be paying down consumer loans, student loans, medical debt, car loans, any sort of debt that you have, particularly debt with high interest is really great to work on paying down. Focusing on your future by thinking about investing in your retirement accounts. And you'll notice I said investing in your retirement accounts and not saving in your retirement accounts. When you have a retirement account set up, it's some sort of tax advantage plan where you either pay taxes at the beginning when you put your money in and you're not taxed when you take it out or the other way around. Um, but what a lot of people don't think about or consider is that most of the time, if they have some sort of retirement plan, there is always the option to invest in your retirement accounts or within your retirement accounts. So maybe looking at how the money in your retirement account is currently divvied up, or the fancy word for that is allocated. So seeing how much is in stocks, in bonds, in cash, and making sure that you're investing in alignment with your financial goals, which again might be a two-pronged goal. It might be investing more in retirement and also learning a little bit more about how to maximize those specific accounts. Saving for specific things is a very common and great financial type of goal. And when we save for specific things, these don't just have to be, oh, I'm saving up for a new car or a new pair of shoes. I'm a huge fan of setting up financial goals that include saving up for things that contribute to your emotional and spiritual well-being. So it might be saving money so that each month you can have monthly acupuncture. It might be saving money so twice a year you can go on a spiritual retreat in alignment with your values and your beliefs. So making sure that you're taking care of your emotional and spiritual well-being. And I should also add in your physical well-being there as well. So making sure that you can move your body in a way that works for your body and in a way that is best suited to you and taking into account whether or not that will cost money to do. Other types of financial goals include getting a life insurance policy, particularly if you're in a relationship where one partner is working and one isn't or where there's a huge income discrepancy between the two. You want to make sure that both people will be taken care of in the event of a tragedy. And especially if you have children under the age of 18, you definitely need to make sure you have life insurance in place so that, again, in the event that something were to happen to you or if you're raising children with a partner to you and your partner making sure that your children would be cared for. And along with life insurance is making sure you have a will and trust. Having wills and trust is not just for people who have generational wealth. Having a will and a trust in place protects you and the people who you want to leave a legacy for. Meaning, if you don't have a will and trust in place, your assets, your money will be divided up the way that the state deems is appropriate. So that might mean your money going to a family member whom you're estranged from, or it might mean going to spending a lot of time in court, getting caught up in probate, meaning that your family, in addition to grieving the loss, is also having to deal with the emotional and psychological labor of having to be in a courtroom or dealing with lawyers. So making sure that you have a will and trust in place. I highly recommend if you're traditionally employed, seeing if your employer offers any sort of legal benefits. The way that I was able to get my will and trust set up initially, of course it's been a, 
and I was going to say advised, it's been revised since the initial time that I created a will and trust was that my employer at the time provided legal benefits for $7 a month. So I paid for legal benefits. It's kind of like health insurance benefits where I had to pay for it for a year, $7 a month for a year. And I was able to get a will and trust for myself and for my partner. And then the next year I just canceled it because I had a will and trust already in place. So that's a great way to do it if you would like, but there are other ways that you can go about it as well. Other types of financial goals include thinking about your charitable contributions, where and how often you want your additional funds to go. And if you want it to be a big annual donation to a charitable organization of your choice or whether you'd like to be more of a, a monthly contributing donator, those are things to think about donator. I don't think donator is a word, but you know what I mean. And other types of financial goals include earning more. We've talked so far about saving more, whether it's saving for a specific thing or whether it's saving for things that contribute to your physical, spiritual, and emotional well-being, but also earning more money. So if you're self-employed, raising your rates for your products or services, or if you're traditionally employed, making sure that you're negotiating a raise. The inflation numbers recently came out and our inflation is at 5.4% this year in the US. Normally, inflation rates are around two and a half to three percent. So what that means in layman's terms today is if you don't get at least a 5.4 percent raise this year, you are taking a pay cut because the money that you currently earned is not going as far because of inflation. So make sure that your raise is not only keeping up with inflation, but also if it's time for you to get a financial promotion or a raise, making sure that it goes above and beyond that 5.4 percent. And then the last kind of financial goal that I often see is hiring a finance professional. This could be an accountant, a tax preparer, a financial planner, an investment advisor, or somebody on the allied healthcare professions like a money coach or a financial therapist. So we talked about some types of financial goals. Now, what do we need to do when it comes to financial goals? I'm a big fan of reverse engineering. If you're a therapist, you've heard me talk about this when it comes to fee setting, but jotting down the types of goals you want to achieve for the year and then breaking them down into quarterly and or monthly goals. I'm a huge fan of quarterly goals. To me, that gives me the type of flexibility that I need within my business and within my personal life to ensure that I'm on track. But for some people, monthly goals or even weekly goals feel really good. So first jot down the types of financial goals you want to work on and then be realistic about which ones you can achieve now and which ones are ones that are long-term goals. So you might be working toward multiple things at once, which is perfectly fine if your brain operates in that way, particularly if you have some goals that are more ongoing, like setting and maintaining a budget, that would be an ongoing goal. And something like getting a will and trust in place might be more of a one-time goal. So you could easily do both of those things in a year or even in a quarter. So figuring out what you wanna work on, what you wanna work toward, and then breaking them down into chunks. What do you wanna work on in the first, second, third, and fourth quarter of the year? I love doing it that way because again, it helps you, or at least for me, I should say, it helps me to stay focused and to not get so overwhelmed by a ginormous 
goal, right? If I'm thinking about saving, let's say $10,000 for a down payment on a home or an apartment, if I'm in expensive cost of living area, saving $10,000 feels really, really overwhelming. If I break that into monthly goals, that looks like saving about $833 a month. Or if I want to look at that in terms of weekly goals, it's around $210 a week. So again, just reframing it in a way that feels good to you can be super, super helpful. Okay. So how do we actually make these goals that we can stick to? I'm a fan of, yes, using some of the smart principles in goal setting, but for me, it's The three things from the SMART goals that are super, super important to me are specific, realistic, and time-bound. And I'm a fan of reframing things into terms that work for you. So if quarterly goal setting doesn't align with you and you're like, oh, it sounds like way too finance bro-y, cool. Call it a micro goal. Call it a seasonal goal. If you're into astrology, call it Aquarius season goal. Whatever you want to do is perfectly fine, but name it something that feels good to you that also aligns with the timeline that you have set. Okay, so specific, realistic, and time-bound for me are the most important things from that SMART goal acronym. Specific for me means you can check it off of a box, right? So instead of something like make more money, which I guess I could technically check off tomorrow if a sale of one of my workshops came through, that's a little different than something super specific like negotiate an 8% raise at work. Or instead of something like this, save more money. What does that mean? How do you know that you've achieved it? It would be something like this. Save $50 per week until I top off my one month emergency fund. So making it super specific is incredibly helpful in meeting your micro goals or quarterly goals. Realistic. This is a hard one for a lot of us who are big dreamers or we have, again, to dip into astrology, if we've got some expansive energy in our charts, if you are into the Enneagram, a lot of Enneagrams ones and threes have a hard time keeping their goals realistic. And it's not to rain on their parade. That is not the point of this. I'm a big dreamer as well, but making it realistic makes it more likely that you'll stick to it. So when it comes to creating one of those big expansive goals, it's not about saying, no, you can never achieve that, but it's about saying, how likely is it that doing the steps that I want to do this year, this month, this micro quarter, whatever you want to call it, that I'll be able to do that. And also come back to why. I talk all the time on this podcast, on Instagram, over on my blog, about why having a reason for your goals is paramount. Something that really gets me riled up is when people say things like, oh, I want to make six figures. Well, why? And if you don't have a reason for your why besides some influencer was telling you to do that or because, you know, somebody's landing page looked really great and it kept talking about six figures, then that's not a goal for you, my friend. You need to figure out how much money you want to bring in and why and how you will use that money to fund your obviously financial well-being, but I am a firm believer that practicing financial self-care supports our emotional, spiritual, and emotional well-being as well. So instead of something like, oh, make six figures, or if you've been in business for a minute, the new thing is make seven figures. You can't see me, but I'm rolling my eyes because again, 
Why? Maybe your goal is just as expansive as it needs to be. I'm going to say that again in a reframe. The idea here is not chase as much money as humanly possible. It is earn enough money so you can take care of yourself to fund your financial goals and have a cushion left over so you don't have to be stressed out every single month. And for you, that might be six figures. For you, that might be $300,000. But maybe you're like me and you're like, I have no fucking desire to chase a seven-figure lifestyle. I would like to maybe double or triple my revenue if I'm being totally transparent. But when I crunch the numbers, even in my like wildest dreams of abundance, I have no desire to like own a private jet and ruin the ozone just so I can fly off to the Maldives for a weekend. Sorry, not sorry. So what was I even saying? I totally took a hard turn. Realistic. (laughs) Yes, realistic. What is realistic for you? Ask yourself, if you're setting one of these huge expansive goals, ask yourself, why? Is it what I need or is it what somebody else is telling me I should want? Okay? When you have that goal in mind, then break it down into quarterly, into monthly, into astro seasons, into like fall, winter, spring, whatever feels good for you. Create something that feels realistic. And then along with that, make them time bound, have an end date. So if you're doing something like hiring a financial planner, it might be broken into research 10 financial planners, interview three financial planners. By the end of this quarter, hire a financial planner, right? So breaking it down and making it realistic and time bound is paramount. If you want to save for a specific goal, it could go one of two ways. You could say save X dollars by the end of the year, or you could do what I said earlier, save X dollars each month. So you have some sort of time that helps you move toward it. Okay, so specific, realistic, time bound. That Those are keys on achieving and maintaining your pace towards the goals, which leads me to two other things that will help you with financial goal setting and maintaining your progress toward your financial goals. Celebrate your wins along the way. I lose sight of this often. I am by no means saying like, oh, I do this all the time. I'm really great at it. We are so quick to celebrate the finish line that we forget about what's going on between the start and the finish. So pausing once a month, once a week to celebrate your wins is huge. I do, no surprise, I do moon journaling, which means that four times a month, I'm taking a look at what's going on in my life and in my business and celebrating the things along the way that I've achieved and also being gentle which I'll get back to in a second, towards the things that I haven't yet achieved or that I've had to move. But giving yourself that time to celebrate the win is huge. Um, A few years ago, maybe a year ago, I don't remember, those coloring sheets were really popular where let's say you were saving up for a car, you'd get like a black and white printout of a car and it would be divvied up into like 20 or 30 different lines. And every time you saved a specific amount, you would color in on that line toward to represent that you'd saved a specific amount of money towards your goal. Those types of things are so powerful to visually see what you are working towards and to pause for a second and psychologically cheer yourself on for doing the damn thing is huge. So celebrate your wins along the way, whether that's in a journal, whether that's coloring, whether that's telling a friend. We need support along our financial journeys. Text a friend and say, look, I'm working on saving up for 
a new set of coffee mugs or to be able to save up enough in my emergency fund that I can give my boss the middle finger, right? Whatever it is, tell somebody what you're working on and help them celebrate with you along the way. I mentioned during this along the way, you know, journaling and reflecting on something else that is really important in maintaining our goals, which is acknowledging that we're human. You have to be able to practice the ability to refresh your goals and reframe them along the way. So maybe you set one of those big goals and you're like, I'm going to save $3,000 a month. And then in four months, I'm taking myself to Tahiti. I don't know why I'm going to all these islands in today's podcast, but bear with me. And then you get a month or two in and you're like, oh shit, that was maybe a very ambitious goal. And I'm starting to feel bad about myself because I didn't save up $3,000 a month. I was able to save $1,500 a month or $1,000 a month or $2,000 a month. So instead, maybe say, you know what? I'll take that big trip in a year instead of in three or four months. Or you know what? Maybe I'll take an Airbnb somewhere and get my vacation in and then shift to this bigger goal down the road. It's not about giving up on a goal or failing a goal. It's like life happens and we have to be cognizant and kind to ourselves when things happen along the journey, okay? So tips on goal setting and maintaining to refresh, make it specific. Can you check it off of a box? Is it realistic for you or is it something else that somebody else told you you need to care about? Make it time bound, have some sort of schedule for what you are working on or when you will finish a goal by, celebrate your wins along the way, and be kind to yourself and refresh and reframe your goals along the way, okay? I mentioned earlier, can you have more than one financial goal at a time? Of course you can, particularly if they are in different domains. And if you have a neurodivergent brain, especially like an ADHD brain, you might need more than one goal to focus on to keep you engaged and energized. You might be more of a person like me where I need like my eyes on a prize all at once. And then I do, I use this language all the time. I do like a waterfall method. I need goal A. And then once I've met goal A, I take those funds and I move it towards goal B. And then when I meet goal B, I take the the money that I was saving for, for goal A and B and move it towards goal C, right? That's how I operate. That's how I like to work unless they are outside of different domains. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, I think it, I think it does. But if it doesn't, you know how to find me. I'm always on Instagram at mind money balance. I hope this episode helped. And Oh, I wanted to share that next week I'll be talking about those two common financial themes around financial goals that I hear about all the time, which is how specifically do I earn more money and how specifically do I save more money? So I'll get into that a little bit deeper next week if you want a little bit more around goal setting and you're like feeling the energy around goal setting, okay? Also, something fun for my therapist friends. If you are like, yes, I'm digging these goals. I like these quarterly goals. I like these annual goals. I want to do this for my business. I'm gonna help you out. I am going to be running a workshop for therapists on how to plan out their 2022. We'll cover how to find the main theme and goal for your year, how to eliminate those shiny objects or those goals that are not yours, but that were foisted onto you by other people, and how to to structure your goals in a micro way so you can actually maintain your plan. 
It is $29. You will get access to the recording if you are not able to join live. Oh, plot twist. It's done on Zoom because we're still in, you know, panini times. And all you have to do is head to my website, mindmoneybalance.com slash events to register for the Zoom workshop on how to plan out your 2022. I love goal planning. I have taken my friends who are in a mastermind with me through a very similar thing. At the end of the year, we do our annual goal planning not together like, oh, I'm helping somebody else set their goals, but more in community. So we have each other to kind of lean on and and piggyback ideas off of. And again, just to be in the space with other people who are talking about money and their finances and their business goals is so friggin' fun. Oh, and P.S., I'll have them on in a few weeks. I'm really, really excited for that. But I've taken them through it. So it's something that has been a part of my life as a business owner and as a therapist in private practice. So I love to kind of help you peek behind the curtain and see how I plan out my years to make sure that I'm staying on track. I'm moving towards the things that are important to me and I'm letting go of the things that aren't serving me. So again, that's at mindmoneybalance.com slash events and make sure to tune in here next Next week when I talk about how to save more and how to earn more. Neither the host or guests are rendering legal, accounting, clinical, medical, or other professional information. If you want professional help, please seek it out.